Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Does it? You just have a deep voice. Thank you. And as you grow older, it's getting deeper, son. (laughs) Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Yes. J10 initiative. Here we are. Happy Easter's. You also have a deep voice. That was on the... You were the opening line there. What was? Deep voice? Yeah. Hello. What is that from? Happy Easter's. Happy Easter's. I think it's from Nacho Libre. I've never seen it. Uh, Really? (laughs) Really? Yeah. Tyler Froelich tried to get me to watch that. Father Tyler Froelich, and I always refused. When well, you know what I'm, I'm here's what I'm into right now is I'm not going to recommend it. If you, if someone comes up to me and they say, "Well, you seem like an interesting person," what video would you recommend me watch this whatever next week or <laughs> whatever it is? Then I will give you a recommendation. But if I tell you right now, "Oh, Nacho Libre, totally awesome," <laughs> which I do believe. I will have people going out there with the expectation and then they won't think it's funny and it's quirky funny. So it's not going to hit everybody. You probably also like Napoleon Dynamite, don't you? I liked seeing it. I would not go after it more than once. I thought it was very clever and new. It was just like, (laughs) there aren't not movies like this. That's fair. And as weird as this is, it actually works. And if it didn't work, it wouldn't appeal to so many people. Well, it didn't appeal to me. That's why but I don't think... you can be annoyed think... by it. <laughs> that's I'm, why I, I, don't... I don't take offense to that. I'm not defensive about Napoleon. Well, that's why I don't think I would like Nacho Libre. It is goofy. A little st- slapstick. Yeah, it's not my style. But it's Jack Black, dude. <clears throat> he's so good. Oh, that's Jack Black in that one? So, yeah, and he's see, a I don't monk. Even know. He plays a monk. Really? How can you go so wrong? So it's a Christian movie. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and he falls in love with this woman called... Or this nun called Encarnacion. So what's better? The I, chosen, spoiler, the chosen or Nacho Libre? Well, for different reasons. I <laughs> like them both. I haven't finished The Chosen yet. Archbishop, I think, gave me the assignment that I have to finish watching the whole series. You or the whole uh, prisoner? He loves it. He does love it. But was it that to no, you? No, we whole talked a little bit about it during the Holy Week. Gotcha. Well, he hasn't told me that yet, but... I have watched a few episodes, and that's about it. I think it's good. I don't know if it's like maybe the pace. I don't watch a whole lot of, you know, screen stuff. Yeah. So when I do, I think I really do need just like a action or something. So yeah. that one's hard for me to... Action Action is my favorite genre. Anything with a lot of guns and violence and... Oh, hello. Bombs, they're the best. Do you like... Um, Fast cars. Are you well? I guess that kind of answers the question that I had. I watched two movies while in flight. I went. I just went to Minnesota. You know this, but I'll mention this for the people. And buried my grandma, you know, or the family did. I was there for the services, said some blessings, and uh, beautiful woman. I'll talk more about her down the line. They in-flight movies were abundant. I'm amazed. You got you can choose between all kinds of movies on. Were these the ones like Delta Airlines in the seat, or is it on your device, like your phone? No, this is in the seat. Really? Yeah. I didn't know they do that anymore. Well, I I fly fancy, Sean. Apparently, maybe, maybe you're slumming it on old Frontier in Southwest. <laughs> I don't know how. Whatever it was, I waited too long, and then I had to. This was the cheapest flight I could find. Anyway. They have the free vim movies, so I watched one movie that was like a thinker, mm-hmm. but kind of funny, dark comedy, and a little bit of drama, action, whatever. I can't name that one because I can't recommend it. And <laughs> That's wise. It, I liked it a lot, but I, I can't really recommend it to everybody. And it is actually kind of a catholic movie. Maybe I'll consider down the line. I can recommend, however, the... I, was it a Netflix thing? I can't remember. It was a documentary on pandas <laughs> that followed one particular panda named Chen Chen. Chen Chen. Being raised by humans and then uh, acclimatized. Whatever, Where? Naturalized in China, back okay. into the forest. Wow. So that she could go and, I don't know. Because aren't they, they endangered? They be, aren't pandas endangered? Very endangered. Okay. Yeah, and very threatened and very cute. They're cute. I've heard they're somewhat aggressive, though. Like, if you step in their territory, they 
They'll well, get you. out of their territory. That's what I say. That's right. Stay away from Chen Chen's lair. <laughs> it was na- narrated by Kristen Bell. Okay. Who's like that sweet Disney girl. Yeah. Disney voice. She pretty, she sings, She's a movie star. She's real good, too. She sings The Frozen, doesn't she? Yes, she sings The Frozen. So, anyway, Chen Chen the Panda. I recommend anything with seeing pandas basically <laughs> like kung fu panda <laughs> it, made, it made me so happy kung fu panda um i don't we don't have enough panda movies zootopia it does it i don't know Let's is there do a panda it. in zootopia well watch it and find out <clears throat> that was a good flick zootopia oh yeah so my question for you was gonna be do you see, seek out stories and movies for their because they're thought provoking or because they're entertaining just like general lowest carnal entertainment yay funny generally just entertainment like you're childish entertainment i'm okay. very childish that's cool man childish entertainment. that's a good reason to seek it but, out but as you said like we don't watch too much tv so when you do i'm like just give me something that's not uh mindless and numbing die hard <clears throat> you know actually i've only seen parts of die hard i've never seen the whole thing fast and the furious oh fast and the furious <laughs> yeah, now no. that that is some good stuff come on but i always feel bad saying that i think that's the second time i've said it on this on this podcast and i'm worried i'm gonna get all this feedback of like that movie is too so fast, base and furious. and so terrible but the 10th one comes out in like one month it comes out may 20th the 10th movie Fast and Furious Ten. I know. I love Why are you it, staring man. at me like that? No, I'm just Smile. trying to think. Uh, no, I would. That was trying to spin too much on. How do I relate this? My head is spinning on how do I relate this to the Christian life, so you will feel less guilty about loving Fast and the Furious. Fast and Furious. Which I don't think you should. Feel all guilty about for family. Anyway. All about family. They pray before family. they eat. They they're very pro life. Yeah. He has a kid. I don't want to say who, uh, but it's great. It's all about friendship. And loyalty. Friendship, loyalty, and family. And action. And action. Speed, dude. And fast cars. Maybe run so as to win. There you go. You know? It's Bring a, a little St. Paul. It's an analogy. You Race watch it so, and you say, so yes, to win. I want to be an awesome Christian with Nas. <laughs> if you know what Nas is, right? That's right. Some, some Nas. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter whether you win. If you win by an inch or a mile, a win is a win. Oh, here you go. Wisdom from Luda. Who's that, still in it? Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel. Is there anybody still? But that Paul Walker guy died. He Rest in peace. He did die yeah. in, a, in a terrible car accident. The irony of that. Um, What's that guy's name? Ludacris. He's still in it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've, I've lost. I think. It was cool. I watched that on a, on a flight last year. I loved it. There Fast you go. and Furious 9. I can't even oh, remember what man. it was called. Yeah. Okay, so... Good stuff. That's films. What were you talking about? Zootopia. Also film. Pandas traveling to Minnesota. Easter. Um, we're kind of rewinding. I was I actually caught up with you about Holy Week and did, Easter. Oh, Holy Week was great. The Chrism Mass. I touched on some of this with Deacon Jacob, but some of the stuff I haven't touched on. Uh, the Chrism Mass was really powerful for me. Um, I was in the back, which I mean, I'm tall, so I can always see, but it's still far <laughs> in the cathedral. It's a big church, as you know. Oh, right. You're pretty okay. far away. Uh, the Chrismas, though, is really beautiful. Just to, to say, uh, I am. Like, are you resolved to renew your priestly kind of commitments and, and prayer? I'm like, I am. Like, I, I do love being a priest. And it's such a gift. And to be able to renew our promises was such a gift. And this is my second time doing it. Um, the first time was, wasn't even a year. It was like 10 months or whatever. But Oh, you're right. Um but yeah, it was really powerful. And just to think like these are the oils that now we get to bring in on Holy Thursday, use at the Easter Vigil, use in our sick kits and, you know, baptisms and all the other sacraments, confirmations. I've yet to do a confirmation, uh, but those are typically reserved to the bishop, of course. Um, so yeah, Chrism Mass was really powerful. Do you, um, how many priests would you say were there? 200? Um, there was a lot of priests. How many fit in that transept? Yeah, I would probably say... Um, at least 200 would be my guess. Which is like a huge As portion. a huge turnout, yeah. Po- huge portion of our perspective. Because I think we have about 250 priests, does that really? sound right? And then yeah. maybe 300 with uh, religious priests wow. uh, of all the religious orders. But Which, And they're welcome to be there, but 
this was a lot of diocesan priests. Yep. Some of the religious orders come, but then not all of them are required to, to come. Of course. At one point, I, I think maybe two years ago, one year ago, something like that. I taped the promises, renewal of promises, promises on my mirror. Hmm. And with the intention of reading those daily and just being reminded of them and kind of recommitting my heart daily, whatever. I have ignored that for probably the last 500 days. Uh. I'm glad you said that because maybe I'll actually pay attention. I mean, it's literally right there next to where I'm brushing my teeth. But I should do that too. That's actually a really good idea because these are, these are promises that we're going to have to answer for in heaven. You know, and when we go to heaven, please God of, have you been faithful? You know, have you been a good priest? Have you been a faithful priest? And, um, success, you know, certainly that's not necessarily what we're about, but we're called to be faithful, not successful as mother Teresa once said. So Mm -hmm. that's a brilliant idea. I might steal that. What about, here's a practical one about your chrism mass. When you go to the hospital and anoint and you have, so you're going to use this oil stock, I call it. Mm -hmm. It's just this little tin, kind of little metal container. You put a little, um, Cotton swab in there. Cotton ball, yeah. Cotton ball, and then some oil. And so you st- you stick your finger in there and get your finger oily. Your thumb. And then you cross the forehead mm-hmm. for anointing. Correct. And then you cross the palms of the person. Correct. Right? With some prayers. Then your finger's still greasy. You can't touch your book again. <laughs> what do you do with yours? Um, <laughs> that's a practical question for well, this is insider priest thing. This is not the proper way. You really should do it on a purificator, which a sick kit does have a purificator. But if I don't have my sick kit with me, if I just have my oil stock because I'm in my car and I don't always have my full kit with me, I hate to say this, but sometimes I'll either rub it on the inside of my pocket or I'll rub it on um, part of the bed sheets that the oh. person's laying in. Um, but again, that's like, because it's just, you know, but it's blessed oil, yeah. right? It's blessed oil. So you really ought to, yeah. Dispose and it, of it has a purpose other than blessing bed sheets. <laughs> you were going ah. crazy with the microphone over there. <laughs> I know. Well, Trevor Lontine is calling, but I'm not going to take it. Father Trevor Lontine. Father Trevor. He, I was going to discuss this movie that I watched <laughs> that was too violent to recommend on the show. Um, with Father Trevor. So what else did we do? Okay, so you wipe on the purificator. Mm-hmm. I try to have that, but I, I'll, if you made a confession, I'll make a confession. I think I take too long to clean that purificator because mm-hmm. I don't always do that, or I rarely take it out of the, oh, the sick my kit. kit, Yeah, and I do a lot of anointings. Mm-hmm. So it stays in there probably too long. Yeah. I should probably be more mindful about laundering. Yeah. I usually just put my purificator in the sacristy and the sweet old ladies of the parish wash yeah. them. Well, I'm sure I could probably do that. I just don't think to or whatever. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's it's not always the top of your mind, but what are we small things? Are we going to chit chat about Holy Week and Easter or or have a topic? Okay, I do. I we don't do really have a topic. Care. I think this is in my mind Holy Week and Easter can be itself a topic, but That's true. Dig and Jacob. It's and up I just to you. I just want to give you this sort of uh, the freedom. Yeah, the drive. <laughs> Father Sean, take the wheel. <laughs> Is that it? Father, uh. It's Jesus, take the wheel. Sean, can take the wheel. <laughs> take it from my heart. Wait, is that it? Take it from my hands. I don't know. I don't listen to country music. We had a. Uh, we were playing a game about how with my family about where you pick a card and it says something mean and the and then you have to point to somebody in the room <laughs> and then there's kind of like a vote that or sounds everybody, horrible. everybody gets to laugh yeah and the, you keep playing until everybody hates each other it was an awful game but how do you win if you don't everyone loses it's not that kind you of game you win by surviving and not getting <laughs> slammed in the face or whatever so one of them was who's the worst singer and that finger hovered over me a little bit too long. It didn't stop on me, but it hovered around me a little bit too Did long. Did you sing I, the Exalted this year? Con- no, I wasn't asked to. We'll change I that. I felt self-conscious about that. But Who did it this year? Uh, Deacon Jim. 
from the cathedral. He did a Deacon great Jim. job. I don't think oh, I know him. seriously, he did a great job. It's a hard thing to sing, so especially long. for ten minutes. Yeah, totally. I want to do it again. I did it as a deacon, but I get one every ten years. About all right. I'll go for that. I could wait another five years, yeah, yeah. six years. How long have I been a priest? Two years. I could wait another eight years. Yeah, it'll um, go by fast, young man. So, Good Friday. Speaking of movies and Good Fridays, did you watch a movie on Good Friday? No, we had. So, growing up, we used to watch Jesus of Nazareth between noon and three mm-hmm. at some point because of my mom would close all the blinds in the house, darken the house, and then it was quiet inside. It was cool. I, you know, remember it profoundly. It sounds to me like I get kind of like nervous talking about that because it sounds a little like intense Catholic, you know, mm-hmm. well, kind of like the you know so religious that it scares people or somehow should embarrass or whatever i thought it was cool and we watched jesus of nazareth now i think people are watching the passion but that was in my mind the time to watch something and at the cathedral we heard confessions 12 to 3 gotcha so there wasn't really any time for it yeah what did i do in the evening i don't even remember anyway it's amazing how quickly it goes by because the lit- I mean, our liturgy on Good Friday was about two hours. Um, wow. You know, and, and you, it's not even a real mass. It's not a mass, yeah. Well. Um, so, but the veneration of the cross and you got the passion and I preached on Good Friday. I don't know how long my homily was, but hopefully not 30 minutes or 40 minutes or something. <laughs> but uh, this singing, remi- sorry, this is a digression. <laughs> the singing thing. It reminds me that when COVID struck, and we were all scrambling to figure out ways to keep people connected and I don't know, just zeal for zeal for souls. How do we reach people? Uh, Steph Devenny and I, we filmed stations of the cross and it was just me and Steph Yeah, <laughs> and we had to sing the whole, you know, all the way around the Stava Mater. At her and station, at her when you station. don't have music in the background or other people singing, I don't know that we got much of that melody very <laughs> tight, you know. <laughs> it was just, they're fun to watch because it was kind of goofy. Like, what are these people doing? Are they on YouTube? Yeah, and I think oh, it was... I'm going to find them. Oh, yeah, dude, it's great. I And I think it was attended and recommended and, and shared. And it went viral. But it's the kind of, th- I don't think viral. No, not quite. Not this stuff. But it was the kind of thing that during the normal time outside of COVID, you would never, you would never watch, you would never pray with, you would never share and pass around. Yeah. Because the real thing in person is like so, so much better than anything like that. And the production value of Mother Angelica and Augustine Institute, they're so much better than our our iPhone. But. It was fun, and it it made me laugh because it, that was like the most pathetic Good Friday <laughs> service I could think yeah. of. Love you, Steph. You know we're cool, and it, that was profound and happy memory. Yeah, COVID was rough, man. It is. I'm glad that that's over. I'm. I, I think I'm genuine when I say this, but like I'm, I'm almost kind of glad I wasn't a priest during COVID. Priests had, especially pastors, they had some really, really difficult, hard decisions to make, and. Mm-hmm. It's like no matter what decision you made, you were either uh, you were loved and hated by at the same time with each decision. It's like yeah. you can't do that because of this, and then uh, but you did it, and it's like oh, we love you. I can't believe you did this, and it was it was horrible. <laughs> so yeah, no, it really was not enviable, and I was not a pastor at the time either. So I I echo that. Yeah. I do think there was a privilege of like well, a number of goods. One was you get to see how how profoundly people love the sacraments, mm. especially the Eucharist. The Eucharist, yeah. I mean, you had so many people who were like, I don't care. I know people are dying. But you're not taking that away from me. I'm going. Right. I'll risk it. Right. That was cool. It was Maybe cool. a little bit kind of like, are we all crazy and foolish? <laughs> but it was a profound love and attachment that's yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And then there was a lot of creativity that came from it, I think. You there know? were. Because people care and want to stay connected and stay prayerful and pastors are really they care a lot about their flock so it's not just like well should i let them in my church or not it's like well how do we reach out and connect um show them love yeah it was great anyways i asked about good friday because i really wanted to um watch a movie 
I love watching a movie on Good Friday. It doesn't have Fast to be the Passion. Fast and the Furious, dude? No, no, no. Wrong, no, no, no. irreverent. No, that's a superior reference. Uh, it doesn't always have to be The Passion. I wanted to watch Calvary this year because I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, yeah, that's intense. And I've, it's been on my heart to watch it recently. And the person that I wanted to watch it with has never seen it. And he was just a stick in the mud about it. You can probably guess who that person was. But I was like, hey, let's watch Calvary. He's just like... Eh, I don't really like that movie. I'm just like, you haven't even seen it. And he goes, yeah, but I don't think I would like it. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So we wound up not watching a movie, which now is still on my bucket list to watch Calvary. So wait, so you haven't seen it. I have seen it twice actually, okay. but it's been, well, you can talk to, I think Johnny and, and book just watched it. They did. Cause book had never seen it before. They watched okay. it on good Friday actually, okay. which had I known they were watching it, I would have right, called them. But, um, I, yeah, I personally don't love watching movies by myself. What is it I about do, that but, film that you really... It's um, just intense. It's about suffering. It's about... Have you seen the movie Silence? Carrying the Cross. Yeah. And, read the, and read the book. Yeah, The Japanese Martyrs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was arguing with Father Trevor, actually. Um, I don't understand film very well, I'll be honest. Deacon Jacob does. Father Trevor does. These guys... Jacob, particularly, he studied it, but... Father Trevor, like classical education, like he just, he grasps what film and and literature is trying to do Mm. very, very quickly and very, very kind of naturally for him. Anyway, so I was arguing about silence and Calvary with him of just like, uh, which one do you like better? And he actually does not like um, silence very much. And and part of the reason why is he said it gives really hard um, questions that it never actually gives you the tools to answer those questions Mm. to. Uh, particularly with the way it ends and it almost seems like it just kind of ends with saying like uh don't worry like none of this stuff matters because he still has a cross in the in his hand at the end and you know certainly well no i don't know if it's no spoiler but the book doesn't do that correct that was a little shift the tiniest thing that changed the whole movie movie right and the whole story and that's trevor's point Okay. Because I don't know so if that's Shusaku's Endo's just, point. just knew that because mm-hmm. it does, like I say, it But no one's going to, I shouldn't say no one because you've read the book. But um, if you watch, you know, you watch a movie, it's, I think, a lot less likely that you watch a movie and then read a book. Correct. A lot of people will read a book and then say, oh, I'd like to see how this is adapted to film. Correct. Right? Totally. So, totally. so give it a chance. I do think it, with that case, for anyone who's seen Silence or read Shusaku Endo's book, You'll, you'll know that he is playing with an ambiguity that will make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, a devout Christian Catholic, yep. it will make you uncomfortable, but it'll also make you kind of take seriously things that you may not have and respect the the complex history of Christianity that has put people to the test much more than. Mm. Well, do I feel like missing the Broncos game to watch to go to church today? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is asking and confronting us with very, very challenging questions like that. Um, but I think Trevor, Father Trevor is onto something of like, it doesn't give us necessarily tools to, to wrestle with those questions yeah. in the end. And that's fair. And, and it I puts think, you in this kind of cruel right. hypothetical that but isn't, th- isn't really norm normative. And it's not really something that everybody has to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And I think, but um, now we're talking abstractly about a movie that people may probably have not watched. <laughs> right. And, and, and so I think us Christians, because we have a worldview, like it's going to be a little bit easier for us to watch than, than just the average person without a Christian worldview. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Silence, on the other hand, or I'm sorry, um, Calvary, on the other hand, the reason why I want to rewatch it is because Father Trevor just gave some really good insights into it for me of, um, right, and I need to go back and watch it. I, I saw this before, but uh, <clears throat> throughout the movie, there's like days of the week that appear on the screen. And Friday uh, is his worst day. It's his good Friday. And like, why mm-hmm. does uh, that lead into the rest of the movie? Again, I don't want to give spoilers, but it ends uh, with, a. F- I mean, all throughout you see a priest who struggles, but in the end he's faithful he really does love his vocation. He really does love uh, the Lord and he wants to stand up against um, some of the tragedies of the church. You know, of course the, the sex abuse crisis, 
but also like divorce and and uh, adultery and some of these horrible things um, that we see. And, and certainly he hits a rock bottom moment, but I don't think that that completely changes his good character still. Yeah. Uh, there's always confession. There's always mercy. There's, you know, of course, divine mercy. So I'm trying to think of how, how I could explain it without, yeah, without giving, spoilers, it's a yeah. story of a disillusioned priest who just has a rough gig in a little town where, you know, the flock is not super, you know, jacked about living their faith. It's in Ireland where people are kind of grown tired with the routine. You, old people like to do, go to the church and do the, the things. And then the, everybody else is kind of like, well, this is just ritual. It's enough to be a part of our life. So he's dealing with that. And then he knows he has about a week to live. Yeah. So it's like, well, what do you do with your last week? And it calls everything into question and like the value of what you've done and what you care about. And do you believe And it's, it's a cool film. It is a cool film. And it's intense. So homeschool, homeschool recommendation. <laughs> no, I mean, probably 18 plus. Yeah. It's an adult movie, but it's very good. I think it's actually worth skiing. So, Hey, Deacon Jake, hey, we just said, Deacon Jake Machado just showed up. He rolls in like some sort of mafia don and sits and evaluates the room. He just takes over. He's an alpha. You, his presence is felt. I know. He's sitting in the alpha position I don't know right why I'm now. talking like that. You're, I'm making him uncomfortable and myself uncomfortable. Do you want to say anything? I did come in with an alpha position. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Krista Anesti. That? Yeah, but you know what? My I, I got a that. different response. Alithos Anesti means oh. he truly he has risen, but I switched it up. So tell me the thing again. But Christos you do it, No, no, do it in English. Oh, Happy Easter! <laughs> now you know Christ is risen, and death is dead. Oh, that's my response. You you, you know traditionally it's he is risen indeed. Yeah, I, I like just, that. And death is dead. Death is oh, dead. Oh, death, where is your sting? That's it. Happy Easter, everybody. I'm passing you off back to Sean. Father Sean, I'm sorry. Thanks, Deacon Jacob. Deacon Jacob's just coming back because we're all friends and we're going to hang. That's right. We're about to hang. We still have yet to get into our topic, though. So this might be a quick one, but I think this is worth to unpack maybe in multiple episodes because it's so, so important. Shall we dive in? Well, if you're going to do a multi-episode, <laughs> I was going to say, we're gonna, we, I've got a little topic. If you want right. to just talk a little topic with Holy Week? All right, do you want to talk about your Holy Week? And this was a perfect, perfect segue. <laughs> Death is dead. I want to talk about the... the Christ is risen. Funeral, the funerals and things like that around... Uh, oh, sorry, I'm distracted by Father Nathan Goble and Father Daniel Eusterman coming into the room. Father Nathan, we love you. Talking about Lord, I need you. <laughs> oh, I need you. He's back. Miss you guys. There's Father Nathan Go. He does Sorry, miss you guys. Know. We miss you. We'll see you. We'll see you momentarily. Okay. Can we? Can I just go for it? Hijack it and go for do, it. Do a therapy session. I want you to be my therapist slash spiritual director. Well, this is awkward because you're the one sitting on the couch. This is like Read a Freudian, Freudian session right here. Yeah, I'm supposed to be on the couch if I'm <laughs> the patient, right? That's my point. Okay. So um, you helped me to process. I just got off a plane yesterday and I'm still kind of jet lagged, both physically and emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. I think those are all different things, <laughs> um, but they all need processing. And I want to just kind of process some of the experience. It's a pretty intense thing to be around family. So whenever you have questions come to mind, either your own curiosities about these last three days, I've been in Minnesota to bury the cremains of my grandmother and that alongside of my family. My grandma was Lutheran and so we didn't have a mass as such. I did celebrate some masses for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not with the, this particular group. And we waited. She died like six months ago, but we waited till burying her on the same day that my grandpa was buried like 10, 10 years before. Oh. So that was a special kind of moment for the family. And so um, 
anyway, those events are so packed with tons, just tons to to think about, to process and everything. Yeah. And I'm kind of coming down, but I, the one particular topic kind of thing that I wanted to maybe just share, but I also am serious about trying to like process and sure. um, I'll be careful because you always got to be careful with people and it's not necessarily good to just air everything. Um, but one of the things that I really noticed and I'm kind of working on right now is with the grieving, I asked myself, well, why do I grieve so much? There's a number of people around me at these moments who just put on a smile and say, she's in a better place. Mm. And I say, well, I kind of believe that, you know, I'm not like a get scared of purgatory type of guy. You know, if I need purgatory, whether it's short or long, then I need it. I'll take it. Mm. <laughs> it can be cleaned up before heaven, whatever. I trust in God. I know that that's a, you know, a necessary process. And I don't always know how to work things out on this side. So, that piece doesn't really intimidate me. Um, and I don't know that I would say that should stop me from saying they're in a better place Yeah, because they're in the, on the, on the road to Christ. They're in the hands of Christ, even walking through that place. And I don't even know, I'm not going to say, well, I think grandma's going to spend a lot of time there or not. I don't know her past. I don't know her soul well enough. Like, did she have a lot of skeletons? Did she have regrets? Did she have right. burnt bridges? I don't, these kinds of things that keep us from, resting in peace and then like, you know, loving everyone perfectly. Okay. So people are saying, okay, well, she's in a better place. And I'm feeling like, why am I this priest who preaches this stuff all the time, the resurrection of Christ? Why am I, why am I still bothered? Why is that not enough to just say, okay, great. You know, um, why am I still unsettled? Mm -hmm. There are things that are angry in me and sad in me and afraid and those emotions don't seem to fit or at least that's not what these other people are exhibiting they're all like you know trust in jesus this is our message is a message of resurrection and whatever you know happy place you go to the happy place you go to the country club with all of the relatives um i think that's in Simpsons. Did you ever see Afterlife with the Simpsons? <laughs> I have not. It was like the Catholic heaven was a bunch of Irish people fighting and throwing bottles. The Irish and, and Italians. And then the Protestant heaven was uh, country club. They're playing tennis and <laughs> saying nice things. Sounds about right. So let's see. My point is that this was a different kind of encounter with death. I bury people all the time. I have had some... Uh, people close to me die, but I don't know that the, this one seems more, this is a, the kind of person who I'm at a stage in life where I'm like actually thinking through things. I've spent enough time to get to know people and my grandma. And then this is one of those last characters in my world who are the giants in my world. Like I would say my parents are still there and maybe some of my other older relatives but some of my priest mentors have died. And so I don't know how many people I really like look up to. And some of those things are like, they say you, you find out as you become an adult that your idols have feet of clay. So it's an expression of there's a sadness when you thought your parents were perfect and right. then you start to see their flaws or you find out about their history or you realize that they're selfish in this way or that way. And, um, or they, yeah, they just, they're all too real and mm -hmm. real in a way that's not like, okay, finally we can all be cool and grown up together, but real and like, well, you really are a selfish person or you really do hurt the people around you or, you know, just sin the reality. But to be really real about that, there's a disappointment with the, the heroes. So with grandma, it was kind of like, okay, here's someone I really respect and I admire. And there's something so simple about her life that I didn't always relate to her. Mm. She was kind of in a way, the nice lady who would give you coffee and cookies and then whatever, just talk pleasantries. And there was a part of me that was kind of sad because I'm like, did I ever really know her? 
she seems so simple. Is she? Can people be that simple? Mm-hmm. They just don't worry about things and stress like I do and feel like I have to overthink things. Or, and then I saw like glimpses of the depth and the way that people celebrated her and talked about her and what I had come to know is something that I saw her, not only her death as like a point of shutting off, but the tragedy of her death had something to do with the year, three years, months before her shutting off moment Mm. that I would call death. You know, all of this stuff that God hates and came to, you know, put an end to and that we hate, we really resent and we're afraid of. Mm. So some of that stuff with grandma Mary was like, she had told me a few years back, um, you should pray that I die. And I was like, what grandma? (laughs) She said, yeah, I had friends. Your, Your grandpa and I, we made friends. They were our friends for decades all throughout life. And then they all died and your grandpa died. And then I went, came to this kind of like, I don't know, like old people village, Mm -hmm. you know, condos and stuff. And I made new friends and they all died and I'm tired of making new friends. I mean, she's 96. That's old. Hmm. So, but there's a sadness there. Like, and I didn't know, I thought, okay, yeah, but you know, you can find hobbies and that's just normal or whatever. And then there was also like, I think two profound sadnesses that I saw that one is related to the, something most profound that I'm thinking on now. And then the other one was the dependency on other people. Grandma was always well in control. She was always taking care of other people. So to be taken care of is really hard for some people. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my priest, Father Drendel, my like mentor and spiritual director, that was the one thing that he said, I just can't do it, man. I don't want people to take care of my diapers. <laughs> That is so embarrassing and shameful. And he is a super humble guy, but I feel that. I'm like, okay, that could be really, really hard for people, mm. for some people. And I I think that grandma was such a caretaker that to have to be taken care of was really hard for her. Yeah. So I think the friend thing, the friend thing kept t- coming up with the funeral and the caretaker thing kept coming up with the funeral. She paid a lot of attention to people and she was, she had a lot of friends for that reason. <clears throat> and so when those faculties start to go away, that's really sad. And I don't think I had acknowledged that. And I didn't really know my own sorrow and anger around it. Like, why does this happen to people? That And then even like a simple example, like a vi- very visual one, is that grandma loved reading books. And she read lots and lots of books. But at some point, her, her vision and I think attention, but especially vision mm-hmm. was so bad that she had to get like this overhead projector to put the book on and then project it up on the hmm. big letters and everything. And it was just too much work for her to enjoy and to manage. So it was like her favorite things are being taken away from her. Right. And then the last one was not just like hobbies, like, okay, now you can't golf anymore because your body's broken down. And now you can't drive because your body's breaking down and, now, you know, your friends are dying and, you know, you have to, it's, it takes you a long time to just go, get out of the house and all this stuff. But then near the end, it was like, you can't even be that ray of sunshine and that ray of light and friendship that was like what you consider the best of you. You know, that's the best thing that you have to offer. And it, you can't even do that. You can't even give that anymore. And that's just tragic kind of like can that be fair you know we her genius was taken away if i could put it that way and or it went away i don't know taken away makes it sound like somebody took it away and i don't like to put that on god or even devil or something weird like that i think we just break down so anyway there's a lot there any questions does it make sense to you have you had people die who are close to you and you felt some something related with grief death is hard man it's it's very hard especially um like i've had some closer friends um like closer to my age those are really hard because it's like there's something natural about how old was your grandma 97 you said yeah six 96 
there's something natural about that, of course, of like, it's just time, you know? Um, but it's also really hard. And I think we, we comfort ourselves when we say they're in a better place now. They're, they're praying for us or whatever. And certainly I believe in the power of the sacraments, the power of conversion, the power of prayer, the power of, uh, God and, and his victory over death through, through the crucifixion, through the resurrection, et cetera. Those are all real, but I, I have always struggled. Like, why do we say, Oh, they're in a better place now. I know they're in heaven. And it's like, yeah, I think we, we trust in that, but at the end of the day, I, I think we need, still need to pray for them. Why do we bury the dead? Uh, for many reasons, but I think one of the things that's actually really good for us when we bury the dead is it forces us to remember that the body is holy and we should go visit them and pray for them. Like when you go to the cemetery, which you should go, especially on All Souls Day, uh, go and visit friends, relatives, family, pray for them there. Like, Certainly, they're not there anymore. Their soul has ascended um, into the afterlife, into eternal life, and and uh, at the minimum, we we really hope that that's purgatory, you know, because everyone in purgatory eventually does go to heaven. But um, I really hope that when I die, people still pray for me, you know. Yeah. Like I hope they don't forget about me. And um, of course, the the movie Coco is funny and quirky as it is. Like, there's something real about the Hispanic culture of putting the images on the ofrenda so that people aren't forgotten about. These family members are not forgotten about. And um, so I don't know, we have to pray for them. But um, but I think one of the temptations with this too is to say, I want a short, quick, painless death. I think secretly we all kind of desire that. I know I do. Um, I don't want to live till I'm uh, super old and I have to have caretakers. There is a humiliation in that. Um, I don't want to live till I'm very old and I can't do the things that I love anymore. There's, there's a certain um, tragedy in that, that like we lose our independence, which is super hard. But honestly, the most profound deaths I've ever seen are the ones that are slow. The ones where they can say goodbye, the ones that they can reconcile, the ones that they can um, call the priest once, twice, many times. Um, those are the beautiful deaths because they're able to give their life away deeper to the Lord. They're able to really convert and in a certain sense live their purgatory here on earth, um, at least part of it, the, the suffering and the pain that they go through. Uh, think of cancer patients. Think of people who die very, very slowly. And there's certainly pain there, but you know we have medication, comfort care, for lack of a better word, Uh, for those reasons but I know somewhere inside of me like I'm afraid to die I'm afraid to um to to have a slow painful death but yet I do know those are the most beautiful deaths I've ever witnessed what do you think so part of it for me is like you can't just do this is less like theological but I think also related to theology, but you can't just, there's something of a violence that's done in my mind by saying they're in a good place. Let's just party, celebrate them and have fun and then move on. That's what they would have wanted. Right. There's something true to that. That's fine. I'm not trying to judge people, but I think there's something of respecting a person that requires you to mourn to scream that they are gone, to be angry that they have this, this, that there's such a unique presence in the world that for, for them to be gone is for the world to be less yeah. somehow. And of course there's a sense of like, okay, well the world nature will make up for it and God will make up for it with something else. You know, the world isn't ever terrible because one person is gone, but the fact that they were such a unique contribution even to our lives is like you ought to mourn ought to mourn you ought not to just you know scatter the ashes and move on and that's out of yeah out of celebrating a life showing the dignity appreciating someone you know Mm -hmm. for what they are okay and then the other what about suffering and death think of that long process Mm -hmm. is also a way of for the christian suffering can be meaningful so it can become prayer and self-sacrifice, you know, that's our whole way of life. That's the Jesus way. 
I give this stuff up. I give up my life mm-hmm. piece by piece for some of us um, for you. Yep. So I think I'm, I'm going to make a list of those things that I would hate to lose. You know, those loves that I would hate to lose in my life that are basically the way that we define life. No, it's like, it was hard for me. I went through this thing at one point where I had didn't have the capacity to exercise my mind very well. And it was really sad and really scary and really frustrating to me because I value that so much. Not a point of arrogance. I'm not good at everything, but I love thinking and I love learning things and I like wondering and I like just observing a freaking panda (laughs) and just saying, wow, that's out there. I want to know more about. So to, to lose the mind is like, man, that would, that's going to be tragic. And as I see it slipping, if I can be more mindful about it, like if I can pay attention to that, Mm -hmm. I think I can be, I can, I think I can harness the power of those prayers more powerfully Mm -hmm. than just like, I could feel sorry for myself. I will feel sorry for myself. I don't think you can avoid that. I don't think that's a bad thing. If you're out there feeling sorry for yourself, I'm not trying to beat you up or feel make you feel guilty. Yeah. Jesus hates suffering. He came to destroy it, and you won't. It won't last forever. And um, but meanwhile, if I can pay attention to that, I'm. I just rounded the forty corner, and I'm headed downhill. The big four zero. There's still things that I'm going to be adding to life for sure and probably for the next 40 years and then things start going away mm-hmm. and you know some of them you lose along the way too and I think if you're you know a deep kind of catholic then you're watching for those things because you want to know what's the suffering that I can bring to the altar yeah every week you know we want to say oh what are the blessings what are the things I can celebrate but what are the deaths that I've suffered that I've got to bring to the altar this week and yeah. uh, use them for the sake of prayer. You know, take this, Lord. It breaks my heart to not be able to. I I hurt my ankle. Now I can't run a triathlon. Mm-hmm. That hurts me. Yeah. And it hurts my pride, but it also just is a sadness for me because I enjoy doing that. I love that. I love the connecting with people who do that and now can't do that no more. You know, mm-hmm. so I offer that up for whatever cause. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was in college seminary, we used to, every Friday we would fast as a community until 3 PM. Um, the, all the lights were off in the building. This was every Friday. All the lights were off in the seminary. Um, and then we would have no, um, uh, silence, kind of a gentle silence in the building uh, until 3 PM. And then this was college seminary. So we're in kind of regular college classes and then guys would be off at the library, whatever. And then guys would come back around 3 PM and then it just felt like a big party. Like now 3 PM, that's kind of ironic. Cause I guess that is the hour of, uh, mercy. <clears throat> so 4 PM probably would have been better, but, um, but right there was something about like doing hard things with guys and then being able to celebrate afterwards. And I remember going out to dinner with one of the upperclassmen. I think it was either a third year or fourth year, um, so junior or senior, and just kind of at, like, just we, we were becoming friends. I really admired him, and um, I just kind of asked him, like, hey, how was your day? He was just like, you know, my day overall was fine, but, like, kind of was a waste of a day. Like, all this suffering that we partook in, like, all this fasting that I engaged in, I didn't offer it for anyone. And he was just kind of reflecting of like, why, why didn't I, you know, like this is kind of a waste of a day in a certain sense. Like we, we should be praying for people and, and offering our sufferings for people. But I think you have a good point there too, Mike, father, Mike, when you're like, I want to count my blessings and like, look at the things that I would hate to lose. Um, one of the, um, what do you call those penances that uh, Monsignor Leone would give to me from time to time is um, he would be like on your 10 fingers because <laughs> uh, everyone knows he talks that way, even though he doesn't really talk that way. Uh, he'd say on your 10 fingers, relate to God, 10 things that you're grateful for. And I just love that. Cause it's like, we forget how grateful we are for like the most basic things like i'm grateful that i have a bed to sleep in Mm. i'm grateful that i have air conditioning in this house i'm grateful for 
you know, whatever. And those are the things that are going to be taken away from us of like, I'm grateful that I can walk. I'm grateful that I have a car that I can drive. I'm grateful that I'm capable of driving. I'm grateful that I can even think and process thoughts to your point earlier. And those are the things that are typically taken away from us towards the end of our life. And those are the hardest things because, you know, we've had them our whole life. Yeah. So be grateful for those things. Yeah, that gratitude. Yeah, and funerals often will have that effect. I think that's cool. They sort of promote gratitude and they provoke thinking about the bigger picture questions. I had some cool conversations with some of my cousins about the big picture because they're not all Christians. And it's fascinating to to have a whole range of people who say, I don't know. I don't know what happens. And I say, where's grandma right now in your mind? They say, I don't know. I don't really think there's anything else. So sadly, I have to just say, I don't know. And maybe it'd be nice if I believed like you guys, yeah. but I feel like the honest thing is to say, I don't know. Others were like, well, I believe that we're all connected and all of the universe and energy is all connected. So you kind of return happily to a, a hole. Like a, the, the Buddhist image is the, the foam, sea foam mm-hmm. that j- jets up out of the wave and then has its own existence for a moment and then comes back down into the ocean. Mm. And it was always a part of the ocean, but it did have its own singular moment of expression. It's a pretty analogy. It's a pretty scary thought because there is no more my grandma Mary anymore, if that's the case. And, and then the whole spectrum of what's the value of someone's life and um, legacy and these kinds of things. It just makes you think about so much. And then we had a lot of good times telling stories, sharing memories. It brings people together. That's beautiful. It does. We all want to be together. That's so fun to see. It's like if we could have a village of my extended family, we would, you know, That's but right. people are, you know, around scattered around the world at this point and it's fun to get together those are hard ed- uh, hard occasions but it almost feels like it's built into the rhythm of the the world and life and society yeah. and it makes me just very grateful i have a very close family and we love each other and feel a lot of support the next big thing is in a few weeks my sister's getting married and so it was like everybody sees everybody in minnesota and then, although there are some groans because these things are expensive and you got to take work off and everything, everybody will be out here for the wedding. Awesome. Those, you know, death and new life. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. I think the beauty of, you know, family coming together in the community and, and all those different things, it's always hard around death. But, um, you know, in a certain sense, it is the, the kind of circle of life. Like we... You know, it's kind of where we go. We're all going to die. I mean, I've heard this said before, but um, death is the last absolute in a culture of relativity. And I love that. Like, no one can escape that reality. Mm. We try to escape all other absolute truths that, you know, God is real. Or, you know, we try to run from the church and she who possesses the fullness of truth. But the one thing that we can never run from is the fact that, yeah, Death is the last absolute. We're and all don't they say die. end taxes? Life after death and taxes. That's right. Death and taxes. Um, you just buried a little girl, didn't you? Uh, I did recently. Yeah. Do you think it was harder or easier to bury someone that young? This was like a, an early teens kid. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not going to try to you know, uh, make you talk about it more than just to say, um, when you're young like that, people consider it tragic because you haven't had the chances to do a lot of stuff and to see your potential to have your family and see kind of what you can do with a career and, you know, bless all kinds of people with your wonderful person and life and everything. And so there's a tragedy in what hasn't happened. And as a Christian, I'm kind of like, wow, that just seems like pretty relatively little yeah. because there's such a profound future ahead, yeah. you know, eternity. I feel like you can really 
come to express yourself and love people in a particular way and totally. all of those things. But on the other hand, you have on the other side, there's this thing of like, well, okay, should it be hard for us to bury? Would, would you rather, you know, die young or die old? Mm-hmm. And then you've had the fullness of your life. You have all these people gathered around you, you know, all this family that was at grandma Mary's funeral are not family of this kid who died. Right. Mm-hmm. And, or they wouldn't see their children, grandchildren, and all this stuff. But I do think like oh, if you go through life and you, and as an adult, you have lots of regrets and sadnesses and broken heart. And it's not the kind of thing. It's better to have loved and to have lost than to have never loved at all. They say, you know, the mm. poet says, <laughs> but I wonder about that with the kids. Yeah. I mean, what, how the, is there a, a right Christian attitude toward that mm. dying young or something? Yeah, I don't know. I think there's certainly a, a beauty in dying young in the sense that, um, one, it might relate to Jesus better, 33, which is a young. Now, what about even younger than that? I think there's a certain innocence in dying young of um, that suffering we can unite all the more to to Jesus, of course. Um, especially like the young who die, there's a certain innocence in it. Like they didn't choose it, right? And I think it relates mm. directly to Jesus being the innocent lamb of God. So there's a profound beauty there. Um but yet it's not always satisfying. Like it takes, I think eyes of faith to see that. Um, also maybe one, another connection would just be right. There is no marriage in heaven. We forget about that. And especially growing up, we just, we date, we, especially, uh, little girls will do this is they, they dream about the wedding, the beautiful wedding and the beautiful marriage that they're going to have and how many kids they're going to have. And by the time they're six years old, they have their whole life planned out, you know, and there's, there's a beauty to like that childlike innocence and it's, it's so profound. Um, and then when that doesn't happen, it's like, why are we so angry? Why are we so upset now? Yeah, there's tragedy and and we mourn tragedy. Absolutely. I want to very much reverence that. Um, but there's also, um, surrender to God's plan for our life. And again, there's no marriage in heaven. So it's like, maybe God is drawing us all the more closer to him. And he, he's again, the, the like creation, we all stand in a feminine posture towards, um, towards the Lord. Why? Because God wants to espouse himself to us. And if he espouses himself to us, um, in eternal life in heaven, uh, sooner with certain people than others, that's okay. You know, there's, there's a goodness there. Uh, a couple podcasts ago, I talked with, uh, Nepal about uh, the principle rule and foundation and so good uh, but the thing that I've always wrestled with with it is you know you should um, to be indifferent to all things uh, this is from Ignatius of Loyola who starts his exercises with some advice about the ideal for Christian life mm-hmm. to be detached from all things except yeah except um, like insofar as it um, helps us to, to glorify God yeah but then he goes on to say like that you would not prefer um, health over sickness or a long life over a short life Um, and whatever else he says, right? I'm forgetting. But the one I've always wrestled with is uh, health to sickness. Like, I'm like, shouldn't we desire to be healthy? Like, I don't want to be sick. How can I be indifferent towards that? Like, I desire to be healthy, but uh, but he does say as well, like a long life to a short life. Like, I'm pretty indifferent to that, Mm. if I'm honest. Um, I'm still terrified to die, but I'm indifferent whether I die tomorrow or in 50 years. I feel like that one is hard, like this, the sick and health one, because there's such a, a kind of moral character to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're sick, are you sick because you are not taking care of yourself? Or are you sick because inevitably something bad genetics, genetic yeah. thing that got you? And if you're not, if you're sick because you're not taking care of yourself, should you feel like you're playing the hero by mm. being detached from that? Like, like yeah. I don't mind. This is just the will of the universe. This is just providence. Yeah. But I also think I, I also think people can be real hard on themselves about you know, I have to be attached to. It can be easily over attached to mm. health. That's definitely true, yeah. That's All right. Well, true. why can't we can't go on and on. I've been going on and on and on and on. 
It's a good topic, though. It's just one of those things that is going to continue, and I think is like perpetually relevant. And if I can process with other people and help them process a little bit, and we can tease out some advice. I know this wasn't super structured. I didn't come to say, "Here, let me teach you." I came to just think through, and but I think we got some stuff for people who are mourning, or if you just want to take life seriously, your life seriously, be grateful value people Mm. kind of yeah there's a mystery to the human person this is what i often preach about at funerals there's a mystery to the human person and that mystery is the soul that we do live forever and uh right your stories right you can go and tell stories at funerals or uh the luncheon after the funeral and, and you can tell all these wonderful stories about grandma and this person and about the wonderful things or the funny stories and da 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 but it never actually summarizes and epitomizes who that person actually is because we have a soul and, Mm. and that's the mystery, the beauty to the human person because of the soul we live, we do live forever, you know, into eternity. Um, but it's a profound mystery, I think. Yeah. And we, you get these little hints, like we had books of photographs of her when she was a child and everything. And your imagination can go in. Oh, look at that smile. She was facetious. Look at that. uh, You know, she's screaming at her sister. You know, look at this, um, you know, proud picture of her at prom, you know, Mm. all of these moments. And then what the, the grandma I knew, putting all those pieces together. I love thinking about how even the person who knew her best, which was probably her husband, Bill, for the longest time does not know her nearly as much as God does. Yeah. You know, who saw every moment along the way. Totally. Um, her parents died so they couldn't see the latter half of her life. Her, you know, her husband died, didn't see all the years showed up after like a long, you, you get it, but that's, um, and if there's any wonder whether or not God can recreate us with the most valuable of us, you know, both, our potential and then what we lived, who we have shown ourselves to be, who we have been. Well, I'm going to keep talking about grandma. Um, shamelessly, uh, I know I can get self-conscious about, well, didn't we talk about that already? Mm. But I want to respect this grieving process. And so I'm just warning the audience and you <laughs> personally that I might talk about stories with, about grandma, all, you know, for a while. And sometimes people right in like, Oh, you talk about your family too much. Which I just think is sad. Talk about our loves. Mm. Don't watch the show. If you just want topics, you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. You'll learn some cool stuff. I think, you know, praise God. But anyway, yeah. I'm going to grieve grandma the way that I grieve. You grandma. should. That's good. And that might be in some ways publicly. Yeah. And thanks for sharing all that. That's a vulnerable place to be. Cool, man. Well, I'm sorry to, uh, hijack no need to apologize while you had this multi-episode topic but we will get back to that no no no, it's not a multi it just it's just it needed time thorough yeah 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 we'll just banter last one top one episode (laughs) and then hit it you can't control the banter ah i know are you saying you like like no rap rap or one life can't one cannot control the banter Yeah, yeah it was good we haven't seen each other in a while so it was good to kind of catch up. I love up. it, dude. It's great to see you. Likewise. Yeah. Thanks for the occasion. Um, we will ride again before long. These guys are monster riders. The <laughs> riding season has come. Ah, uh, This isn't just a hard time. I do give him a hard time because he doesn't invite so me. So I went for a long bike ride uh, last Monday, and Father Mike was just like, I'm going to go for a quick little run and meet you at the brewery afterwards. Quick little run. Father Mike went for a 20-mile run. That is not a quick little run. And it was hot. But you had just biked. Okay, people, don't be too impressed. <laughs> they, these guys had come in and met me after biking 100 miles. You know, that's called a century ride. People prepare for years to be able to do just one of these 100-mile century rides. So don't talk about my, <laughs> you know, little jog. You, you guys are monsters. So I can hardly keep up with them. But if they invite me one of these days, I think I can... At least I can can hold on to their coattails for like 87 miles and then watch them break away. And then we're cool because I'll just come slowly in. Do you got any shout outs? Shout out. I would like to shout out uh, Christine Cole 
at Creatio. She's What's a, up, Christine? She's a Creatio missionary. She's a faithful listener. She's been listening for a lot longer than I've been on this podcast. What's her style? She ride 100 miles on a bike? She, as far as I know, she does not. She likes to go for long walks on the beach. Camping? Oh, <laughs> shoot. I'm not, like, trying to get her profile here. <laughs> Creatio is this, like, outdoor sports thing, so I'm trying to... Yeah, outdoor adventure. Do they have, like, a pilgrimage to outdoor walks on the beach? <laughs> That'd be awesome if they what do. What kind of missionaries are these? Um... Yeah, I, I I, mean, you've been involved in Karatsu here, too. I'm pretty yeah, involved right them. now. I love them. Christine Cole, you're cool, too. They're awesome. But, um, yeah, a lot of backpacking, a lot of camping, a lot of um, hikes and, and um, sometimes pilgrimages to, like, they do the Camino a lot every summer. They do a couple in love Italy. It. They go all over. Cool, Christine. I don't know what else. I talked about about my family a bunch. They're, they're on my mind right now for shout-outs. Um, Otherwise, I don't know. Maybe uh, Father Sam Moorhead, Father John James Archdiacono. You can't just name the people at your parish. Well, these are the priests that I spent Holy Week with, and it was a very meaningful one. So I want to celebrate them. John Brooks, good friend, and back in the sacristy. Anyway, I tell them that they're great all the, the time. Seabick. And then, oh, oh, here, I do want to say, I can't give all the names, but a con- congratulations to, and to celebrate your, your life and your journey, to all of those who were baptized That's right. for the Easter Vigil. We're so proud of you. It's a privilege to walk with you and see people grow throughout the year, and just makes us happy. If you love Jesus, you love seeing people baptized, and Amen. you are all and each going to be a great gift to the church and to the world as Christians. And you are all neophytes. Neophyte. Which means new light. That you have to fight the other ones. <laughs> That's not that kind of thing. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. God bless you all.